Hello, everyone. Welcome to the All Out Coach Podcast. My name is Tim Mikelashvili. I'm CEO and co-founder of Amadev Pharma, a performance analytics and management consulting agency in life sciences. At All Out Coach, we research competition and we're inspired by innovation. A few months ago, we started a first ever Innovation Olympics event in the pharma and biotech industry. And today we're going to hear from our first winners who are physicians with pharmaceutical experience and who also have a, an exciting startup called Discreetly. Vinay Tarel and Jibu George, welcome to the All Out Coach podcast, my friends. How are you? Thank, Thank you. Good. Thanks, Thank Tim. you, Tim, for inviting us. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so for having us. You know, your background, you're both physicians. You're experienced on the provider side, on farm, on biotech. Yep. Um, and you started discreetly uh, last year. And, um, you know, you have an amazing story. Uh, a lot of the all-star expert judges found your <laughs> Uh, solution uh, very exciting. Uh, you were awarded for the field medical affairs uh, category gold medal winners as well, and we'll talk about what field medical affairs yeah. is as well. Uh, and uh, also, you have both the clinical informatics side, Jibu, doc, Dr. Jibu George. Um, and so we're, you know, I would really love to introduce you to our the All Out Coach listeners and friends. Um, maybe uh, take us through your background, you know, your journey as. Um, yeah, so the yeah. people get to know who Vinay Terrell and who <laughs> Sure, yeah. Of course. Uh, maybe I'll start. Um, yeah, so first of all, th Tim, thanks so much for having us uh, on the podcast and, and giving us a chance to, to talk about us as well as discreetly. Um, so a little bit about my background. Uh, you know, I was born in India, grew up in Canada, matured in California, and educated in Europe. <laughs> so I have a pretty uh, diverse background across the globe. Um, and, you know, uh, Jibu and I actually went to med school together. So we've been best friends for almost 20 years. Um, and, you know, my life, uh, you know, sort of my professional life really took me into the realm of the pharmaceutical industry, predominantly in the medical affairs space. Uh, I started out as an MSL, uh, focused in the immunology uh, therapeutic area uh, for BMS. And we did uh, the, the products for their rheumatology arthritis, uh, uh, pr uh, you know, products that they had. That took me over then to uh, to uh, Cineos Health, where we were contracted for uh, GSK under their vaccines portfolio, and so I worked in the vaccine space as well. And then had some experience with uh, you know a Japanese company for uh, more from a field medical excellence perspective as well. So I have a pretty dynamic and and broad background in the pharmaceutical industry and medical affairs space. And so uh, I, I just really I'm very passionate about medical affairs, specifically the MSL role. I know that there's a lot of value that the MSLs bring to the organization and that, uh, but at the same time, it's also, uh, it goes under the radar. And so that's really what we wanted to do with Discreetly is one, elevate the medical science liaison teams and the field medical teams, and, and really even the medical affairs in general through this platform and create a way for them to be able to engage with healthcare providers in a more dynamic fashion and really elevate the value that medical affairs brings not only externally to the stakeholders, but also internally into the organization. And that's really what, you know, we've been working on with Discreetly and continue to work on at this and, time. 
uh, Vina and I learned at the Olympics event at our Medical Affairs Innovation Olympics that you also played hockey as well. Yeah, by the <laughs> yes, way. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Those were my days in uh, in uh, Canada. That's also why I have a dimple on my face. <laughs> it's not a na- it's not a natural dimple, but it was from uh, taking a stick to the face in one of the games. <laughs> you know, uh, scars, battle scars, I like to call it that. And I also forgot to mention that I'm, I'm a father of two girls and expecting a boy on the way, which we dis- we found out. I at the uh at the finals <laughs> of the medical affairs innovation olympics too so yep. um, yeah yeah a little bit about myself <laughs> yeah. and so yeah and i'm uh, my name is jibu and i i'm uh, my background is a little more in the clinical informatics space so as vinay said we graduated from medical school together and you know my direction kind of went a little more towards that um you know healthcare system settings where Typically, really, my background is in epic implementation and, you know, helping set up systems in like these large healthcare networks. And, you know, even beyond that, I've actually worked with the New England Journal of Medicine. I've done some work in precision medicine. So I have a pretty broad background around technology and the healthcare space. And, you know, Lene was talking about, um, you know, why, how we came up with the app and sort of, you know, one of the things that I was able to realize was that, you know, technology is adaptable in healthcare, but I don't think it has been done very well up until this point. And I think COVID kind of escalated that and made it very quick and adaptable. And the company discreetly kind of can show what you know a healthcare system can do once they adapt an application like discreetly. And so we're really excited to talk about that today. Absolutely. So before we get into the discreetly and maybe sure. take the listeners from all the steps um, that took you to the prototype that you have developed and you're continuously yeah. enhancing, uh, I want to get your philosophy on medical affairs and maybe introduce medical affairs to our listeners. Um, What makes uh, medical affairs uh, critical today uh, in terms of medical information and how our providers and patients access it? Um, Yeah. Yeah. For, for various different, uh, you know, healthcare consumers. Yeah. No. So from the medical affairs perspective, I think one of the the greatest values that medical affairs brings, uh, you know, to the, the, the healthcare community is the fact that we are able to provide education and information to, to healthcare providers, various types of healthcare providers. You know, um, one of the main things that we can see is, you know, companies are continuously churning out very innovative and advanced therapeutics, you know, you know, in, in a pretty rather fast manner, you know, and, and, and as a result of that, there's a ton of data and a ton of information that's being created around these products. And even some education is required around that. And that's really where the medical affairs division of these companies really stand out is because the main focus and the main, the driver for medical affairs is scientific exchange from the MSL's perspective and medical education and and communicating this content uh, in in a robust way and addressing the needs that physicians and and other healthcare providers may have when it comes to these uh, particular uh, products. One, uh, one thing that I, I think that I really love to say when people ask me like about medical affairs is that medical affairs is really focused on their science. You know, we're not driven by sales numbers. We're not governed by product performance. We're governed by data dissemination. And so that's really what, um, you know, I, I like to differentiate and, and uh, highlight for us is that we're focused on disseminating the data, disseminating the information and educating. And and through that, you know, we're able to empower physicians to utilize, you know, new medications and, and innovative medications that would be beneficial for the patients. You know, one of the things we can speak from, at least from experience as physicians and just, you know, with, with, with uh, colleagues of ours and, and you know, really just a ton of ro- robust research we've been doing 
physicians are creatures of habit. You know, they're very much, you know, if they're comfortable with something, they're just going to stick to that because it just, it makes, it's just easier for them. And -hmm. that's one of the things that medical affairs can do is help take these providers out of that comfort zone a little bit and make them feel more comfortable with using maybe a new product that they might not have heard about, or maybe just recently discovering and making them comfortable by helping them understand the science behind it and understand the the uh, you know the the complex data sets and 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 the the rationale for why this medication might be good for your patient and providing them with not only clinical trials data but also like real world evidence you know materials things like that that will be relevant and applicable to them in their daily practice and so that's really where I feel like medical phase really brings that value to the the healthcare uh, you know provider and, and community setting and I think for us one of the main things with with, with discreetly is that you know thinking about what medical affairs does. And, you know, uh, the, the resources that we have available and the capabilities that we're able to provide healthcare providers, we wanted to take it and bring it to that community level uh, focus. You know, typically right now, medical affairs, we tend to focus on, you know, what we call the KOL or, or the key opinion leaders or the thought leaders, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and these academic institutions. And that may be largely due to uh, bandwidth issues or, you know, maybe size of medical affairs teams and things like that. And we feel like all this data and all this valuable information that we have uh, needs to be also shared in that community level and, and empower those community level physicians. And like that's really what the, the goal and the aim for Discreetly really is, is to help increase that reach and the increase the value that medical affairs provides to a wider audience. Yeah. And just to add, I mean, healthcare providers love data. They want to see data, right? And the thing is, the simple fact is that they're not all too familiar with medical affairs. There's a small section and it is like Vinay said, like it's the top tier hospitals, larger networks. And, you know, coming from a, a large organization previously worked at that acquired smaller community hospitals, they were amazed at the simplest technology that, you know, these large healthcare networks had. And now we're giving them access to data that could be super pivotal to their information and, you know, to their, their patient care. Yeah. And to kind of add on to that, you know, we saw that you know, especially in the pandemic and post-pandemic, the thirst for data and the thirst for information, the clinical information around medications significantly rose. I mean, yeah. tons of studies have shown that, you know, over 70% of physicians were actively searching, you know, uh, for new medications or actively searching for data on how to manage some of these complex patients that they have, especially, you know, in the setting of COVID and 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 how do they, you know, manage some of their, the, the treatment profiles or treatment strategies. And so that's where we feel like it's, kind of position medical affairs to start elevating themselves, uh, you know, more and, and in, a, in a rapid fashion to meet these needs that providers are, uh, yeah. that providers have right now. Yeah. And conversations like the ones that we're having, I think, are educating, um, you know, the public also uh, about, you know, uh, about medical affairs and yep. uh, their role externally as well as internally, because I think a lot of the public is more familiar with uh, R&D, with commercial yes. marketing. Yeah. But we yeah. work by integrating uh, those those kinds of insights and the yeah. needs, the unmet needs or the burden of various different disease uh, yeah. disease states. Uh, with, with our colleagues internally as well. Um, yep. uh, so, uh, Jibu, I know you mentioned uh, your experience with Epic, right? So I think uh, healthcare equity and health access to information is, I think, now becoming you know more and more 
you know, important where, uh, you know, patients, they want to be involved in their care. They want to know from payers about the very detailed breakdown of the costs. They want to uh, know about, you know, whether or not they can afford medications or, you know, from they want to be educated about Ooh. that from the physicians as well. Mm-hmm. Right? There's That's a lot cool. of data from Salesforce, the re- recent reports that I've seen. Uh, sure. How, you know, what is the relevance of, um, you know, a pharmaceutical company uh, exploring new ways to communicate with providers in order to improve access to care? Um, Um, Yeah, I mean, it's extremely important, right? So we know that, you know, healthcare providers kind of struggle with getting information, right? And, you know, to speak a little more to the background of it, you know, we've talked to other providers, we've worked, we've done extensive research before coming up with this app. And some of the things that we heard were, you know, we put providers in specific situations and we were asking them, how would they find this information? And to hear how many people answered, and obviously we will not say any names, that right. they would simply Google search something, which, which is very scary to consider, right? That, you know, to an untrusted source for information, you know, and that kind of put us in perspective, made us think about, you know, what is the information that these providers need and how do we make it as easy as possible for them to get that information? And essentially, that's that's how we design the entire app, right? Um, you know, personally speaking, uh, you know, I I found out during COVID that I had a heart condition that kind of was came out of nowhere. It was during a, a stress test. The doctor was just like, well, how long have you had this? I was like, I had no idea I had this. And so we go from that into COVID and you know, we have a vaccine that was produced and not a ton of information yet around that vaccine. So I asked my healthcare provider, should I be worried about taking such a vaccine with my heart condition? I, my doctor was like, we kind of just have to do it right now. We don't know enough information. He didn't know where to go to. He's a small healthcare provider in a small community hospital. And so, you know, this all of this put together is where we realized how there would be this value for this app here. So like, yeah. there's a ton of information. As long as we put it at their fingertips, make it as easy, yeah. easily accessible as possible, you know, with Epic integration, trying to get it where, where the provider's workflow is, where do they find... or we know when a provider places a, a you know an order for a medication we know exactly where in epic they would place that medication so to be able to find that you know like the pricing for a patient right then and there and try to get something set up with someone i mean it's all about making ease of use for a healthcare provider you know spending their time wisely right and that's like the whole idea behind you know ehr systems in in you know healthcare systems so yeah yeah and then to kind of add to that you know one of the main things uh, one of the main uh focus points for us with discreetly is like kind of shifting the dynamic a little bit of how engagement happens between pharma and healthcare provider and mm-hmm. putting the provider really in the captain's chair putting them in the in the seat to be able to govern the the direction uh, uh you know as far as engagement is concerned the frequency of engagement is concerned and and uh, allowing them access to the information that we have in a centralized platform right medical affairs has and really pharma companies in general right have every they know everything there is to know about their product. Who's right. provide? Who's covering their product? You know what tiers they they belong on. You know uh, what studies are happening. Who's looking at you know this investigating this in product in, in a smaller trial things like that. So we have all this data, and all we're trying to do is create a central space for a doctor to go and get this information in one place and and access okay. that. And okay. to kind of speak back to that, you know that con- that concept that you were or the the point you were making about like the relevant information that doctors would want, you know, like for example, you were asking about formulary coverage, things like that. Mm-hmm. That's already built into the platform. We have a space that we're building in there so that physicians can jump on the platform, learn about a new product, see which insurance provider is, pro- is covering it, you know, what tiers it'll fall on, 
all at their fingertips. And apart from that, we're also exploring the idea of incorporating uh, social determinants of health. You know, these are new, it's a new concept that, you know, it's emerging in the South care space. Um, and I think it's also relevant, especially when we start looking at that community level, like what social determinants of health can impact a patient's uh, outcome. And that's something that we're exploring uh, right now is how we can incorporate that into the platform to make, give a physician a more holistic view uh, of, of a patient's uh, potential, you know, treatment journey uh, if they are planning to, you know, prescribe a certain medication for that patient okay. and what data is available around that. Okay, since we've uh, already alluded to discreetly a little bit, yeah. let's get into some of the details and maybe let's just start with why you called it discreetly. And I know you have a yeah. name, uh, you know, slogan, farm to <laughs> but, Yeah, I, I think that's one of our biggest uh, prides is, uh, pride, uh, you know, uh, cost for celebrations that everyone loves our, our tagline. So if, if anything, at least we got that right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as the name discreetly, it's actually a play on the word screed. And, you know, screed uh, means, you know, a long speech or a long uh, story or essay. And typically, you know, if you get a, uh, the way I think about it is like if, if you're a provider and you get, uh, you know, a, a sample or, or a new medication, and you unfold that prescribing information. I mean, it's literally like sometimes like a scroll that you're unfolding, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Where it's just a ton of information in there. And, and even, uh, you know, if you were to go on PubMed and try to find these in, uh, any kind of answers that you would want, it's tons and tons and tons of data and tons and tons of articles. And what we're trying to do is discreet, make it easy for a doctor to consume all this information mm-hmm. in a quick way and provide them with the access to you know, succinct resources in the platform, but not only that, provide them with on-demand uh, engagement with experts, the, the medical experts, the medical science liaisons or the medical information specialists to just ask the t- targeted question and get that specific answer right then and there. They don't have to spend hours and hours trying to, to go through all this. And so that's what we're trying to do is discreet, uh, you know, to, to anti, uh, you know, uh, to shorten this consumption of this data. And then the, the other word is, uh, screed is also a tool that's used to level, you know, a, a, a concrete floor or, or, you know, to smooth out uh, a path. And that's what we want to do. We want to smoothen out the path for that community level for providers to access this information. And so yeah. that's really yeah. where we came up with the name, discreetly. <laughs> yeah. And over the past few years, uh, engaging with physicians has not yeah. been very easy for pharma. So we spoke a little bit about the value proposition for patients in terms of the access, the formula co- coverage. How would the pharmaceutical companies, you know, use your your yep. program? Can you maybe take us through the flow of? Yeah, exactly. So, so basically, discreetly is a platform, and and there's a back end channel where the medical affairs divisions will be able to, you know, upload content, upload products that you know on their platform, upload all the relevant content around it. So your standard PI information, but then also additional information like you know formulary uh, or you know media that might be created. Uh, mm-hmm. Medical information letters, if they want to make those available, they can all upload it from a backend portal that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so they're managing the content. They are curating the content on the platform. We do uh, are working, you know, we're in, the, in, in discussions right now with a company that could help with some of that content creation for a pharma company. So, you know, if they really want to make this, you know, more streamlined for themselves, we have those, we, we could potentially offer that as an option for a company. But yeah, they're in charge of the content. They're in charge of really what they want to share uh, with, with the with providers in the platform. They also have the ability to make MSLs uh, or medical information specialists available online in the platform. And there's three ways of doing it. They could make them, you know, 
having them available on demand. So if I'm a provider, I jump on the platform, you know, I'm looking through, you know, Acme Pharmaceuticals product, and maybe I have a question, I can hit uh, contact a medical expert and I can see if there are any MSLs or medical information specialists available online. And in which case right. I could connect with them directly. So that's one option. The other option is that they could, providers can actually schedule meetings with an MSL or MI uh, person also. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, a provider just wants to talk to a doctor at a later time in their day. They could schedule that meeting and the calendars will all sync. So the provider's calendar will also sync with the MSL's calendar. So there won't be any I booking see. of uh, appointments if it's, you know, if the MSL is not available. So it's a very customized way that MSLs can make themselves available in the platform to engage. Um, and then, of course, there's also a chat uh, feature that they can chat with uh, with providers uh, and MSLs together. And, and, and it could be a, a way for MSLs to have these ongoing conversations also with yeah. providers in there. So it's, it's a pretty, uh, you know, uh, a pretty robust way of how, you know, medical affairs can manage the content and share the content. There's some other pretty cool features in there, like we can do live updates. So... Uh, medical affairs can drive like live updates, kind of like very similar to like Instagram, you know, you see the Instagram right. like stories, they can do that and they can target it to different types of providers to make it more relevant to that particular uh, provider. Um, so yeah, there's a, quite a lot of interesting features that we've built in there, um, you know, have been and looking forward to like sharing it with, with different companies who are interested. <laughs> yeah, uh, great. So it really allows... Uh, pharma companies to share information in in more real time fashion, yep. uh, yes. and, and which is relevant now because uh, the number the volume of publications is doubling every seventy to seventy five days. So it's uh, oh, yeah. very difficult to organize it for the for the pharmaceutical companies, as yep. well as for uh, for providers to consume all of that information. Yep. So they need that information right at the at their fingertips. So, so you're kind of making that, you know, that whole the transfer information, the exchange, yep. a little smoother. In terms of the compliance and all the regulatory variables, are those are the responsibility of the pharmaceutical company? So they yes. upload whatever you know, whatever information that they are is yep. approved for them to share into your yep. app, right? Which, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And and, and they can make things on and off, you know, turn things on and off if they wanted to. So for example, if they didn't want to have maybe MSLs on demand, maybe they just wanted to have them only available for scheduled meetings mm -hmm. for whatever compliance purposes, that on-demand feature can be turned off. So mm -hmm. it, it's really just, it's customizable for uh, mm -hmm. the pharma companies based on their compliance tolerance, I guess. Yeah. Now, what part of the program makes it more use more applicable to the community? Is there is it easier to use, or can you elaborate on yeah. how you would expand and reach a wider audience? Yeah, uh, great question, Tim. So, one of the things with us is the first thing we want to do is with this platform is create a one stop shop, right, for a doctor where they can learn about new medications in one place. Right now, if a doctor wants to find out about any new medication, either they're, they're going to do Google search, like Jibu mentioned, they're going to jump on PubMed, or they're going to go to a bunch of different product websites, which you know is not conducive to their daily workflow. Um, and so what our idea was creating a one-stop shop for a, a, for a provider, and that's what Discreetly will serve us. So that's one of the things that we're targeting for the community provider. And now as far as them onboarding into the platform, We've actually made it pretty easy for a provider to, to log into Discreetly in the sense that it's a very simple sign-up process if they want to create an account. They can use their also a Google SSO. So if they have a Google account, they can use that to sign in. And actually pretty interestingly, and we're pretty excited about this, is that we actually were able to secure 
you know, sort of a partnership essentially with, with Doximity and use their uh, SSO. So if you are a provider who has a Doximity profile mm-hmm. and about 80% of uh, doctors in the US have are on Doximity, Yes. So they can use our Doximity profile to jump into discreetly. They don't have to create a new account. That's, uh, that's yeah. Really, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It makes it really easy, you know, for a provider to jump in into that space and, and provide them with that ready, you know, uh, quick access to the content. And to really speak to that, you know, you were talking about like how is this targeting the the community providers, you know, yes. in, in additional mm-hmm. ways. It's really about bringing awareness to medical affairs and bringing awareness to what an MSL is, what medical affairs is, and what we can provide. And I think, you know, like, Jibu, maybe you can kind of speak to those conversations we have with some providers about, you know, some of the conversations we had about, like, how do they currently find out about new medications or new information? It was absolutely shocking. At the same time, it was also very encouraging for us that we were on the right track. And I don't know, Jibu, if you'd like to... Yeah, I mean, you know, like I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, about that special situation I was in. And, you know, and on top of that, like upon our research, when the answers that we were getting about how these people were finding out about around medical affairs, or even how often they were actually aware of what medical affairs does, um, you know, it was just astonishing. We, you know, we do have data around that, um, of how people use medical affairs, you know, how they find it effective afterwards, what kind of, you know, what kind of actions they take after meeting with medical affairs. And, you know, I think, I think, we, I, I, I don't know, like I, I, I can go on in detail, like for hours about, you know, how, how we can use the value of medical affairs for yeah. healthcare. I think for, for me, one of the stories I was trying to allude to is actually the, in a conversation we had with a provider in Texas, uh, you know, who was, uh, you know, we were trying to find out for them, like, how do they find out about, you know, a new medicine and do they even know what a medical affairs division is? And for this provider in Texas, it was an oncologist, a community oncologist. And the way that they find out about new drugs is through a WhatsApp group that they have with their colleagues. So they're literally texting each other and like, hey, did you hear anything new about any new drug or whatever? Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember the, the physician from uh, uh, from California. What was that? Yeah. So like he was saying that uh, when he goes to some of these conferences, sometimes what he does is he'll take quick pictures of yeah. the presentation to try to get information. He'll then take screenshots and make his own PowerPoint presentation to try to like, you know, remember the information that he had learned that day, which we thought was absolutely astonishing because this information is available. He just doesn't know yeah. how to reach that information. And that's kind of what we want to yeah. have available to them. And so that's really what uh, this really is, is mm-hmm. doing is making this awareness of this kind of resource that exists. Uh, in a one-stop shop for a doctor and a community sure. level provider. Yeah. yeah, Really going after that needs-based uh, engagement, really, uh, Tim, mm-hmm. if, if that's yeah. really what we're focused on. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, our pharma and biotech and the research that we uh, help promote, I think, is is dependent on the the needs that we learn from from the physicians. Yeah. And so you're ultimately facilitating uh, that the two-way exchange as well, because um, medical liaisons are able to log into your program, uh, meet with the physicians, and then afterwards also capture some of those insights that they can bring yeah. in, you know, which can inform yeah. and even transform some studies, uh, exactly. uh, I, I imagine. How does th- this program also improve the quality of the, at the clinical point of care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a great question, Tim. And one of the things that we're exploring right now is mm-hmm. by making the information that a provider receives more pertinent to their, mm-hmm. their daily practice. And the way we're looking at doing that is by bringing in EMR data. So that, again, mm-hmm. is with, with Jibu's focus point, right? Um, 
is yeah. if we're able to tie in EMR data into the platform and in a, yeah. and obviously in a compliant manner and in, in sure. a de-identified manner, uh, pharma companies will be able to know like based off a person, like, you know, particular provider, what their patient demographic looks like. And then as a result, they'll be able to provide more specific content based on that particular patient profile that that provider has, making sure that the, con and, and, and in, set, in essence, the content that the provider receives will be more relevant to them. And, and then also streamline, you know, any data updates that may be pertinent to that provider based on their patient demographics and increase that patient, uh, you know, increase the uh, patient outcomes as a result. Because the whole thing with, with one of the things that we see with patient outcomes is, is awareness, right? Like if we, we know that, you know, st studies have shown that if a physician is aware of a new medication and initiates that new medication, um, you know, soon, it can increase the uh, outcomes of a patient drastically. Whereas if a physician is maybe unaware of a new medication, or if there's even a four-week delay in starting a new medication that might be beneficial for, you know, a cancer patient, for example, that can lead to like a 13% increase in mortality. So it's really all about for us with this platform is by making this pertinent to the provider, driving awareness uh, to the treatments that are available, driving awareness to the data that's out coming, uh, you know, that, that has been, uh, that's aware and, mm -hmm. and creating access to that information in a streamlined manner to improve that provider's outcomes. Because, you know, you know when we talk about uh, treatment uh, profiles, we, we always talk about, you know, patient journeys, like, you know, patient journey, patient journey is the biggest conversation you hear, you know, medical affairs is the patient journey on their product. But we always have to remember that a patient's journey starts with the provider putting them on that path, right? If the provider is not prescribing a particular medication, that patient journey doesn't exist. And so we need to make sure that the provider is putting the patient on the right path in the right patient journey mm -hmm. uh, for that patient at the, at the most uh, pertinent and opportune time so that their, that journey has the best outcome for them. And that's really what we're kind of taking it back, you know, is bringing it back to the start point on a game board, you know, like this is where we really need to focus. And that's really what uh, mm -hmm. we're hoping to do with this cruising. Great. Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm really uh, inspired by, you know, your your view of, you know, how how we need to change uh, our conventional norms of communication with yeah, with yeah. physicians. I think yeah. a lot of the current generation of healthcare professionals are already raised on social media and on yeah. data that Jibo, I think you were also alluding to, that <laughs> they're using it already. And so we in the pharma and biotech, I think, need to provide it via this omni-channel strategy that you have and you've outlined yeah. um, as well. Yeah. I think hospital systems were really slow to, to adapt this technology, but they kind of were forced to. And once they were forced to, now the landscape of healthcare technology has completely evolved and it's just going to continue moving in that manner as, yeah. as technology does everywhere, right? And I yeah. think, yeah, pharma needs to adapt to it. And I think that's what this yeah. really is here to do. I think, I think, Jimmy, you hit the, the nail on the head of there in the sense that you know, pharma, you know, we're such a huge organization. We're such an old organization, but we're also very slow to take transformative actions. And, you know, we're very, very uh, slow in that. And if you compare us to any other industry, it's the most, it takes so long for us to adapt new ways of working and, and, and create transformational change. And I think honestly, now it's just time for, especially in the medical affairs space, I think it's even more, uh, tends to be even more slow as far as like uh, transforming and, and adapting. And I think now we just have to sort of let those chains go and, and really just take a, take a dive and just, and, and, just be bold and, and transform for the patient, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am absolutely agree. Um, now just from a real world perspective, 
the interoperability of your program with the current CRMs that are available or yeah. other programs. There's so many, you know, these programs, yeah. they're, they're increasing constantly, right? Yeah. Uh, so how, how, how easy is it? How is it, is it to, to adopt, to yeah. implement, uh, yeah. and then to also work with other apps as well on top of other programs, for example, from a technology, yeah, so, a technological kind of perspective. Yeah. So one of the main the nice things about our platform is first from a provider perspective, mm-hmm. they don't have to download anything. They don't have to download any external oh. clients or okay. anything like that. So all the video and, and, and audio is all done in, in the online platform. So yeah. you don't, which is the nice thing about that. Um, the second thing is that we have a dynamic dashboard. So we're capturing all this information, you know, is around engagement, around, you know, uh, content engagement, uh, scientific engagement, everything's been captured in the dashboard. And right now we're working on building, you know, our, our next focus is to uh, focus on creating those connectors to different uh, um, systems, you know, a CRM system. So that way it can become, mm-hmm. um, you know, accessible to that provider. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, or to the company, rather, I should say. And, and so that's something that's going to be on our focus point right now um, in this coming year, uh, because we, we understand that, you know, there are some systems that companies use, especially CRM systems, and we want to make sure that it all kind of ties in. It just becomes easy uh, for, for, for companies to, to utilize discreetly. And so um, that's in the works right now. Okay. Great. Well, um, thank you very much for making such strong steps in accelerating uh, communication between healthcare pro- providers and pharma and biotech. Uh, you know, I think this is a very smart uh, approach, a very innovative approach, and uh, uh, to engagement with healthcare physicians. Uh, please let us know. You know what. Yeah you know, what your message would be to those who are interested in pharma, in medical affairs, yeah. how they can contact you. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, one of the things is, you know, if you're interested in, in, in pharma and really in the medical affairs space, you know, f- please reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn uh, available there, or you can email us, uh, you know, and, and maybe Tim, if you can pop our contact information up at the end or something, sure. that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, you know, we're, we're available on LinkedIn and also our website is right up at the top corner. So if, if, you, exactly. if you can always submit <laughs> for any sort of information, both uh, Vinay and I will get that email immediately down at the bottom yeah. info at discreetly.com. Uh, we're happy yeah. to, you know, engage with anyone that wants to talk about, you know, medical affairs in the healthcare space. Yeah. And, you know, as far as like, um, you know, what we wanted to share in, in our journey is that since our our platform is kind of trying to address two different types of, you know, stakeholders, both the, the medical affairs as well as the healthcare providers. It's really important that you keep both of those uh, lens and that conversation in, in view, you know, uh, as you're building and as you're developing it. And that means doing a ton of extensive research and conversations and, and not being afraid to just ask questions, even silly questions or questions you may feel like might be you know, redundant questions, just to reaffirm and reconfirm, you know, your hypothesis, essentially, you know, I think medical affairs are full of scientists. And one of the biggest things that you need to do is always, you know, prove the hypothesis, right. And so I think that's one of the things that we were constantly trying to do is validate, like, you know, what, if what we're thinking about is in alignment with what actually providers need. And so that's one of the things that we learned in our journey is mm-hmm. keeping that provider focus in mind. Um, and I think, you know, in medical affairs, it's a great space. It's a really great space for people, especially in you know the healthcare uh, world, who are looking to make uh, you know impact 
impacting patient lives in a different way. And I think the medical affairs is a great opportunity for that, especially those physicians or pharmacists or anybody you know, in the, uh, in the scientific realm we're looking to make a change in the patient patient world, but in a, in a different way of doing it, I guess, you know? Yes. So. <laughs> well, you've definitely, yeah, you've definitely piqued our interest, I think. And uh, I'm sure you're going to be exhibiting and uh, going to various different conferences as a, as a company and uh, hopefully at other innovation uh, yeah. events, but you are both uh, certainly the first ever medical affairs innovation Olympians <laughs> and also <laughs> Olympic champions as well. Yeah. Uh, so we hope to see you at the 2023rd edition to tell us how you're progressing with uh, with yeah. uh, Greedley. Um, and usually at All Out Coach, uh, our slogan here is stretch yourself, lift others. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as, as competitors, as uh, innovators and in healthcare professionals with foresight, with tremendous level of yeah. foresight, uh, l- let us know how you're stretching yourself and lifting others in, 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 in the rest of the year or in your next project. Yeah. yeah. I think the one thing, uh, the message that I would share and, and maybe Jibby, you have a different perspective or additional perspective is one of the things that I, I think that we want to share with people is to be bold, uh, be bold in, uh, the steps that you take. And, um, you know, the only way you're going to find your answer, even if it's a, if the answer is no, is by asking the question and, and by really taking that step. You know, uh, I can just tell you, you know, it, it's, it's been a lot. It's been a really long journey. It's been uh, a lot of sleepless nights, a ton of sleepless nights. A lot but of the experience, to <laughs> Exactly. And I think the, the experience has just been a really incredible experience because one thing it, it showed me and Jibu is that uh, by being bold, we find out that you find out that you're really capable of more than what you think, you know, um, you know, if you told me, you know, 10 years ago or right. even 15 years ago that, you know, we'd be working on a startup, having conversations with, you know, huge organizations, you know, CEOs of fortune 500 companies and, and, yeah. and you know, doing things like that. I would have just been like, you're joking. You're, you're, right. you're there's no yeah. way. And I think the main thing is for us is that you just have to take that leap, just take that leap of faith, be bold and trust in the higher power and go for it. You know, and I think that's really what, uh, that's what really what it has been for us. <laughs> yeah. And I, just to add to that is just like, you have to be ready to adapt, always adapt, like, you know, know what the user wants and always adapt your, always be ready to pivot whatever it is that you're building. It's, it's, it's super important to know what the user actually needs and make the technology yep. for that user. in mind. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for sharing those lessons as well through your journey of physicians to startup entrepreneurs and Olympic champions as well in innovation <laughs> and affairs. So thank you very much. Very nice to see you both again. Hope to hear more from you this year. Good luck with, with all your endeavors. Uh, you've, heard, you've heard from Drs. Vinay Terrell and Jibo George. Connect with them, uh, my friends at All Out Coach. Have a great day. Thank, thank you. you so much, Tim. Have a great one. Bye. Thank you.